Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. I am in the studio, Pastor Michael here with Patrick Craig Jarvis. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. All right, so we have uh, an episode every single day this week releasing on the top five questions that I've gotten over time on the resurrection. I actually took my top five questions and then I mixed them with the top five questions online. And actually conceptually, there was just so much overlap. I was like, wow, like people are people and we all have the same big questions. And so here are our top five biggies this week. So I want to invite you back every day this week. Craig and I are going to be with you and we are going to be going after these. So Craig, I'm going to sit back and just let you... They're your questions. You... Apparently, they're your questions. No, I mean, questions that they've come to me yes. from people. Yes. But then I go online. I'm like, wow, this is literally the same questions. People are people. They yeah. just they all same the same questions. questions. Here's the first one for today. Why does the resurrection matter specifically? Now, let me tell you actually where this question most frequently came to me from. Kids and students. So kids and students, uh, they're trained to understand the blood of Christ and that sin needs atonement. But why is the resurrection necessary? What does it accomplish for me? Why is it even really that important? Because if I have the blood of Christ shed for me, then my salvation should be purchased. So then what's the big deal about the resurrection? So like my kids, especially like they love Easter and the resurrection, but I've had to go out of my way to train them why the resurrection is essential. So why does the resurrection even matter specifically? Short answer. The resurrection is the climax of the gospel. Without the resurrection, we do not have a pure gospel. In fact, we have a lying savior. We have d- duped disciples. Um, we have a Bible that's not telling us the truth. We have a lot of issues with our faith if Jesus has not risen from the dead. So uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, Paul the apostle writes and puts it this way, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. You have to really pay attention when he says in accordance with the scriptures, because he's, he's verifying that he's not making this up. He's not putting a story out there. He's saying the actions that took place fulfill what was prophesied and what was already written. And this is what was written, verse four, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, same phrase, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the 12, that he appeared to more more than 500 brothers at one time, most of who are still alive. And then he goes on to say, if Christ is proclaimed as risen from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? Because if there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then, and here it is. Our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ is raised. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is crucial to the validity of the gospel story and in in turn to the entire message of, of the Bible. All right, so number one, because the scriptures testify to it, if it did not happen, then none of the scriptures can be trusted. Absolutely. All of the scriptures actually hang their hat on this singular event. What we know that we know that we know is that multiple thousands or hundreds of thousands, possibly, people were crucified. What we don't actually have evidence of is anybody being resurrected apart from Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. the resurrection actually 
uh, number one, if you deny it, you actually have to pretty much throw out the entire New Testament because every single book in the New Testament hinges itself on the reality, the historical truthfulness of, of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. All right, that's number one. Without the resurrection, the Bible is a flat-out lie. Have to have it. What's another reason that the resurrection matters specifically? Jesus is a liar. Jesus prophesied that he would raise from the dead numerous times. Mm-hmm. Not only did he prophesy he'd raise from the dead, he said it was going to be in three days. Yep. I mean, he gave real, you'd like to get a lottery ticket with that much, much assurance, wouldn't you? Oh, amen. So Jesus said, uh, I'm going to raise from the dead. I'm going to raise in three days. And if he didn't do it, then everything he's done up to that point is thrown out. Mm. All right. So here's, here's uh, number one. Number one is the Bible is untrustworthy. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Mm-hmm. Number two is that Jesus is not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in a third one. Uh, the resurrection was a declaration by God of the validity of Jesus's nature and character. Mm-hmm. Um, without this resurrection, we actually have no way to validate that the message was any more distinct than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he had never actually reached down and resurrected the dead to a glorified body. Yes, Lazarus, but Lazarus then later died again. And a few other people in right. the New Testament. Yep. But nobody had been resurrected into glory like mm-hmm. Jesus had been. Jesus was capable of doing some pretty incredible things in his glorified body. And so the third reason would be that um, God validated and vindicated before all of humanity and history and all the people are going to come in the future um, that this truly was not just another death. It was a, a big stamp of approval mm-hmm. that whatever happened on on the cross mm-hmm. was legitimate. Well, that's why when Jesus raised from the dead, he said, all authority is given to me. Yep. With that resurrection of the dead, Jesus clinched um, not just not just the the not just the ongoing divinity of who he was, but the authority that he now has because he has conquered life, he has conquered death, grave, and in 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 real time he has conquered our sins. Yep. Here's here's a fourth one. Um, so Jesus did conquer death, and 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 sin had reigned over death. Nobody had conquered death really prior to this. It always had a permanent foothold. And again, even the people Jesus raised from the dead Still eventually died. died yep. You know. Um, Stinks for Lazarus, right? And th- this was almost. I mean, I like got to do this again. I know, like, oh, yeah, no, you took me out <laughs> you of heaven. Be kidding me. But what 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 Jesus did is he basically took the authority away from sin and death yep. and said, "Adorable, what you think you can do, and you have the power to do it, yep. but I have the power to reverse everything you have done." Yep. And so what it did is it actually solidified. Uh, in case anybody in the angelic realm or the human realm was like skeptical uh, about the authority and the power that Jesus actually has. And then what happens is the father says, yeah, I raised him from the dead. And now that authority, the Jesus says in revelation one, I have the keys to death and Hades, meaning uh, I control, I have access to these things. I control life. I control death. I control the afterlife. I control where people go. And, and this basically was a cosmic declaration that Jesus Christ, a, his death mattered uh, but B, he actually has now control over death, and he has the victor's crown over that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Revelation 1 is really good on this. When John has a vision of Jesus Christ on the island of Patmos, he he writes this uh, revelation for us to to see what's coming in the end times. But he begins with his introduction to Jesus again. And uh, he said, behold, he is coming in the clouds. Every eye will see him, and those who pierced him. That's clearly talking about Jesus Christ. Mm and all will wail on account of him. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who was and is, to, and is to come. And John said he had the key to Hades and the grave mm. with him. Yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Uh, 
historically up into the point of the resurrection, Satan had been the only, Satan had kind of had the final word. He's the one who brought sin into the world, brought death into the world. And it's almost like with every person who dies, Satan's like, ha, got it. Like, look what I did. And this is the first time in history where God intervenes and says, no, you don't get the last word. I get the last word. So it communicates Jesus's authority, not just over death, but over Satan. Satan can't stop this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Satan couldn't stop the resurrection. I mean, it was just an, uh, it was an inevitability because the power of God is greater um, than any other power. Yeah. And that's, it's so cool. I mean, we could talk forever on this, but Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection, yep. like that power in, uh, and it is in each one of us that follow Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Holy spirit in us to live this life in a way that, um, that overcomes, you know, gives hope when there is no hope, gives love when there's, when there's fear and hate. And it's, it's an amazing kind of power that exists in us and we sell it short so often, but when we see the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's meant to remind us that's the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's the power that lives in each one of us. I'll give you one last reason. And then uh, it'll lead us into our next question. Uh, The resurrection matters because the Bible says that if you don't believe in it, you actually can't be saved. Yeah. And this is a requirement. Now this is why that matters because when you truly trust in Christ, you're given the Holy spirit and the Holy spirit will preserve you and give you faith. And he, may not be a lot of faith all the time, but you always have a measure of faith that believes in the true gospel if you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will convince your mind, um, even if it's just a little tiny mustard seed of faith, that the resurrection is real. And so believing the resurrection is a requirement for salvation. And so it matters because if you don't believe it, you literally cannot call yourself a true believer. Anybody who denies the historical reality, historicity of the resurrection, bodily resurrection, bodily resurrection cannot truly be saved. So it matters for that reason, which brings us to question 714. Can I give one more verse before oh, yeah, we get there? Please. First Corinthians 15, 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Jesus Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are to be pitied more than all men. Amen. Resurrection is essential. There we go. All right. 714. Uh, is believing in the resurrection optional for Christians? Now, we already told the answer. The answer is it absolutely is not optional. Is it a, pre- a prerequisite? But let's open up some of the scriptures together and talk through this more in depth.